Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the media tab. Thank you and God bless. Mindset that said, you know, we want our kids to have it better than what we had it, right? And so we festered an entitlement mentality because of it. Hate to say it like that, but that's kind of what we've done. And then we have Generation X between 1965 and 1980. Actually, it's, it's somewhere more closer to 1976. But Generation X, Millennials, Generation Z. And actually, after, after Z comes Generation Alpha. That's, that's the generation of the little ones right now. And uh, all of them carry in. But, but see, here's the thing. What, because of them, we have them. And because of them, we have, and on it goes. It goes forward. Where the church is today is because of those who came before us. So the question is, what's going to be there for those who come after us? Let me, let me just start very simply by talking about generosity giving. And that's sort of the title for today as we get into this. But I just I want to put things in perspective. One more time, before we receive the offering later on, I want to talk to you about your heart. I hope you have your notes and follow along with us as we go through this because there's some huge things that I want to say to you. First of all, giving is what we are called to do. I want you to grab that. Giving is what we're called to do. We're, we're not called to keep. We're not called to, to smother. We're not called to be stingy. We are called to give. Luke chapter 6 says, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know who said this? Jesus said it. Just in case some of you are wondering and, and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and you know, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think the church just wants your money. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Giving is what we are called to do. Or how about this passage from Paul in 2 Corinthians? But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you give a little when you can. See that you tip God. See that you hold back his, 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 what is His so that you can get His attention and get Him to do what you want to do. No, it says, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. That, that's, why we, that's why we love the history of, of the over the past 14 years of what we have seen God do and what he has done 
the equipment you see us even using this morning, from projection to equipment on this platform, the parking lot that's outside, uh, the equipment that's down in the youth room, and that's a phenomenal youth room. I love it down there. The kids, uh, the, the, the RAV kids downstairs, the equipment that they use, the the, the, the JBQers, from computers to sound, the lighting, and so much more, is here because of legacy giving. Outreaches that we do, scholarships that, we, that enable kids to go from camps to conventions, the renovations, even the discipleship that we use is because of legacy offering. And what I'm saying because of that is we didn't get here by kind of bumping along with our giving and giving a little bit here and a little bit there, we, we get here because people are excelling in the grace of giving. Can somebody say amen? So, so let me say this as well. Giving is what protects us from selfishness and greed. Oh, yes, it does. Giving is what protects us from selfishness and greed. So if you've been a person who has assumed in your life that people are or, or you, you, you assume you, you know a person is greedy by how much they have, I want to help you out today. And I want you to understand that normally what you would call a rich person filled with greed, that people who don't basically have anything necessarily also deal with greed. Anywhere along the way, greed is going to sabotage your life. No matter who you are, no matter what you deal with, whether you are a middle class or, or below greed and selfishness, that, that me monster, I call it, will set up residence in your life at any point. And when the me monster sets up residence in your life, you can bet that it will stop the blessings of God and the flow of God's blessings in your life. Oh, yes, it will. No, no matter how much you have or what you got, if you're a college student, if you're a career person, if you're retired, no matter where you are at, at an earning level, there is no such thing as a greedy giver. Period. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, there is no such thing as a greedy giver. <laughs> I'm watching the ladies turn to their husbands and go, and go just, mm-hmm, mm. The bottom line is you can't be generous and greedy at the same time, amen? So, so if you're here today and you're part of this church family and you're wondering, well, I don't want to be greedy, but I just think that those people who have more than I do, they're, they're the greedy ones, and I think they're the ones that ought to be giving. No. Everybody gives, and when we give, we protect ourselves from greed. Hello? Look, let me, let me, I'm just going to keep going. I don't want you shouting me down too bad here. But giving is like sowing a seed. Uh, and we've talked about this. We talked a little bit about this about two or three weeks ago. But I need to visit it again. So, so let me walk through this again very quickly. When offering leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. 
What I give is not gone. I even got the apples back that time. Maybe not in the same shape I gave them out, but he... But, but I'll say it again. It, it might leave my bank account. Yeah. But the law of reciprocation is at work in my life. The law of sowing and reaping means that what I give is not gone. What I give is not gone. What I give is not gone. May make sure you don't hold on to your seed. Sow your seed. Make sure you don't allow yourself to assume that, well, you know, if I let this go and, and I take the deduction from my bank account, it's gone forever. Don't believe that for a moment. When you give, it is given back. And a lot of people think, well, you're, you're, you're just... You're just going to get a financial blessing. That's what it's supposed to happen. No, you do. I'm not arguing that. You, you do get jobs. You do, you know, you're going to get raises, and, 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 and that does happen, and it, you know, and it will happen. But it's not just in money. It's in things that money cannot buy. When you give, God gives back. Look at 2 Corinthians. It says, now, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will, will, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. It's only saying you can't outgive God. It's not going to happen. Once he gets it to you and it gets through you, he gets it to you to get through you. No, no, no farmer in his right mind would expect a harvest to come just by wishing for it. I've tried that. <laughs> you know, but the farmer doesn't go stand in the field and, 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 you know, and, and, and say to God, God, give me a harvest, please, just... Give me a harvest. The funny thing is, a lot of people, well, they kind of get in, into that situation, that position in life where life has placed their back against the wall, and, and that's kind of what they do. All of a sudden, they, they start praying. They, they do what the pastor's been telling them and teaching them, and they start commanding, and they go, uh, blessings come, uh, blessings come, uh, blessings come. Now, I believe in the power of prayer, but I can tell you something. If you don't sow seed, you can't expect to harvest. Well, I believe God's good. Well, I do too. And you might even have had those one or two times where God has just said, well, okay, my, my mercy is going to work something out for you. But the principle is that we sow our seed. We pray for blessing 
and favor along the way, and then he multiplies our seed that's sown and then grants us a harvest. Think of the farmer again, because the analogy so works. The farmer doesn't stand there in the field at harvest time, right? Right before, right before harvest time, when it's seed sowing time, when it's seed, he, he, he doesn't say, Lord, you just blessed my neighbor. Now bless me. There are fields all around my fields, and, and they're really doing good, and they've been, a re, they've been really getting harvest. God bless my field. He doesn't do that. Am I right? There's no seed there to bless. So when it comes time to give, remember, it's an opportunity that we have, that we all have, to step into that place where we can sow with an expectation that God will give us a harvest. Let me be blunt. Because, you know, it, it, it comes up against our, our very nature as a selfish person. As, as a human who's trying to make it himself, you, you don't get a harvest by wishing for or hoping for it. You get a harvest by sowing seed that produces a harvest. Wow, that's deep, Pastor. Only if you dig enough to put the seed in the ground. God will put the right people in your life. Doors of opportunity will open up for you. And when you give a seed, it finds its way back into your life in the form of a blessing. Let me say something that I said a while back, and that is that giving makes us rich in good works. Giving makes us rich in good works. Take, Take a look at 1 Timothy here. It says... Instruct those, instruct, say that with me. See, I just want you to have a good idea that it's what God told me to do. So if you're upset with me about this, I'd appreciate it if you just talk to my boss. So instruct those who are rich in this present world. And by the way, you might be sitting here and saying, well, I don't have nothing. Friend, you might be saying, I'm not rich. Not by any. Yes, you are. You, you want to take a look at riches, just take a, a look around this world and the standards by which they live. And my friend, I can guarantee you, you are rich. And, and not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who supplies us with all things to enjoy. Did you just see that? Look, when God blesses you with things to enjoy, enjoy them. Don't let anybody make you feel bad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story I'll get in trouble for, but that's okay. Kathy, close your ears. It's all right. <laughs> she doesn't usually listen to me anyway. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long day. Anyways, um, in my, when I pastored in East Liverpool, there was a, a gentleman there who... Um, well, he worked on, on, on cars. He bought cars that had been wrecked. He'd go to the, to the auction and buy them, and then he had a body shop, and he'd fix everything up, and then he'd be able to sell them. And uh, so he, he, he found his old Lincoln, right, town car. And uh, he fixed that puppy up, 
And, uh, you know, part of it still didn't work right, but he got it all fixed up. And, and he talked to me about it. He said, I'd like to help you out with it. I'd like for you to enjoy this car. And with four kids, that wasn't a bad idea either. So anyways, we worked out a deal. I got a really good price on it. But you know what? I pulled into the church parking lot, and guess, guess what happened? The gossip circle got talking. Well, evidently, we're paying him too much. Look at the money he's got. Look at all that. And, and truth of the matter is, they had no clue what I paid for the car. And I didn't pay much for it at all. He, he blessed me in that sense. But the truth of the matter is, there I am feeling lousy about all this, that I have this car, and man, I, I didn't even want to take it to, to, to church anymore. I just wanted to park it in the garage and leave it alone. See, that's, that's, that, that's my point. Come back to what God said. He said very simply, he said that, 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 that's what he said, folks. My goodness. But on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, we're meant to be enjoyed. And don't let anyone make you feel bad. I've learned to get over it. I've learned to, I've learned to tell people if they, if they say, well, the church is paying him too much, I'm going, absolutely they are. What are they going to say? The truth of the matter is, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in heaven. And when he blesses me with that, I enjoy the good stuff. Hello, somebody. Mm, I could take off on that one, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, we need to keep going. Just let me say this, that someday, well, let me finish it first. Instruct them to do good. He's telling me to tell you to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. So again, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you, I'm going to instruct you that someday we are all going to stand before God. And we are going to give an account for what we did with what He's given us. Did we keep it all? Or were we rich in good works? Did we hold back when we should have let go? Were we always nervous and worried that we made the job, our job instead, or, or the, the source of our economy? Did, did, we, did we set our mindset on what the world provides and made the world our provider? Did we, did we say we just got to have one more toy? One more toy. If I give this, this won't, I, I, I won't be able to have this. I wouldn't be. Look, how do we handle this? Because someday, friends, we're going to stand before God. That's a given. And, and, and I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm not following you home. I'm not coming to your house. I'm not keeping store, uh, score. I'm, I'm just the messenger here, okay? Who is told to instruct us to give and to be generous and to be rich in good works. This goes along with the points that I've said before. When you give, you're not only creating a harvest of good things in your life, you're also producing a harvest of good things 
in others' lives. Oh, yes, you are. That, that's the whole point here. Listen, listen, listen. Giving is how we fight for our future. Hmm. Pastor, are you sure? Listen, giving is how we fight. Look, I, I believe this year, more than any other year, we have a chance to stand up and make a statement. Let me tell you this. This past year, well, I'll get there in a second. I'm just, I want to take off on some things. See, some people assume that if God wants us to have something, that we don't have to do anything. <laughs> He'll just cause it to happen. Poof. If God wanted me to be skinny, then poof, I'd be skinny. Okay, maybe not like that. But you do realize that God's people had to fight for the promised land. We have to fight for the future that God has given us. For the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. God had a promised land for them. But that didn't mean that there weren't giants in the land. And, and it's no different for us today if, if we're saying that there's so much opposition, so much adversity, so many things. Pastor, I'm just tired. I'm tired of it. I understand. I understand that this can be that kind of a season that we're walking through. That's why I want to say to you, don't grow weary in well-doing. In due season, you are going to reap if you don't give up. Right now, we got to fight. We have to stand up. Not just individually, but collectively. We have to stand up for our children, for our children's children, and even for our children's children's children. I'll be the first one to tell you that the church is not a building. But the building facilitates the gathering of our church. So it matters. It is important. Our lobby is, is full of generations that, that, that have come before with all those pictures that, that they built and, and, and they enlarged and, so that we could get things done. The opportunity that we have this year to actually bring, for example, a further step of our church online to, to really reach a community through online church. Uh, taking a look at, at setting, well, uh, I appreciate what we've got right here. This is something I, I, I picked up a while back. It, it provides us with live stream and whatnot. And, and, but the problem with it is it's, it's, it works sometimes, it doesn't work sometimes. We're looking at putting several cameras up at the, at the sound booth over there that are, are done. Oh, it's, it's sound equipment. We're, we're looking at getting a, a new sound system as a result because this one half works. Uh, it, it, it provides us, and, and every once in a while it goes, boom. Remember that one? Never forget that Sunday. You know, I, I, who would have seen this coming that we're in last year? Who, who would have thought that we'd have walked through what we walked through last year? And, and I've got to say to you, people, you have been phenomenal. I have said this before at the business meeting. I'll say it again. 
Never, ever in the 26 years that I've been here has this church been in the financial shape that it's in as far as <laughs> the financial side of things. I mean, the, the, the money that's there to continue to do God's work. That's the phenomenal thing. God has provided in so many ways. And, and, and that is a testimony to you. But that doesn't mean we stop. This is what God intended all along. We're, we're reaching that point, and sometimes we walk through things in order to really understand things that God then really puts on our hearts as well. And, 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 and I'm saying that because, well, well, here's a question. What if the giving stops? If, 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 if it hadn't been before, I mean, if it, hadn't, if it had stopped before, we wouldn't be here today. If it stops here, what's going to happen there? The future. Where does it go from here? That, that's my point. Where does it go in the future? Where does the church go in the future? Church is God's idea. Don't get so worried and caught up with what's going on in the government and politics so that you get so caught up in that that you take your eye off of God, what God is doing in the world right now. Don't for a minute assume that when bad things happen in the world, bad things happen in the kingdom. Absolutely not. For the worst of times can be the best of times. And God has a setup right now with, 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 with an opportunity if we will not be faint-hearted if we will not be weary, if we won't shrink back, if we say this is our time and not back up, but move forward and fight for our future. This could be the year that we end up talking about concerning legacy offering. I, I stand back and, and again, I, I look at what the church did last year with reaching out, with, with blessing and encouraging in, in, in the year that, that, that hit us, in the shutdowns that we went through, and, and yet we still ministered to so many and in so many different ways. And to that I say, thank you, Lord. Let, let me rattle this off real quick because I'm, I'm not going to take a long time here this morning because I've already taken a long time here this morning. But let me rattle this off so that you can get, get this in perspective. There are five ways that we fight for our future. Five ways. One is faith. One is prayer. One is the Word. One is unity. And one is giving. Today, we are fighting by our giving. Today, we're making a statement by our sacrifice. Today, we are standing up for the future of God's great church. I've, I've said it before, and then I think about the words that I use, and I say things like, man, I'm, 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 I'm concerned for my children, but my concern for my grandchildren and my future 
grandchildren. Grips my heart. With the world. What's this world going to be like? Is this country even going to be around? Will we still have what we need? And, and, and you know what? That's putting faith in what the government can do. I should say not do. That's putting faith in fear. And I need to look up from whence cometh my strength. I, I need to recognize the turn and realize fixing my eyes on the author and the perfecter of my faith. God's got a future. His kingdom prevails. And I don't care what the country is. I don't care what the government is. I don't care who's in charge or what's in charge. God's still in control. He is still king of kings, and he is still Lord of lords. And I'll say it again. We are standing up for the future of God's great church. Much like David. David who gave a huge offering. Much like David who gave a huge offering. Much like David. That's the signal for the worship team that's not moving. I love them. God bless them. I'll tell you what, I love their ministry. But I'll say it again. David gave a huge drop. Take, take a look at this. It's in your, your notes there. First Chronicles 29. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for this temple. Wow. Beyond, beyond. He said, besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures. And then take a look at what happens as, as it begins to precipitate in First Chronicles 29. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly, willingly. It's about giving with vision, friend. There are things that happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. People get saved in the house of God. Not usually at Walmart. They don't get baptized at the state capitol. People become a part of God's family in the house of God. Children get taught God's Word in the house of God. The community of believers come together. Friend, He doesn't want to receive anything from you without giving it back to you. God's not going, gimme, gimme, gimme. That's not the way he works. And keep, he, no, he, he, he receives, he, and then he gives it back to you. I want you to understand the generational aspect of this and the impact that what we do today has on tomorrow. 
I, I, can, I, I can list needs from, from one end to the other. I can list the opportunities that are laying before us to go into places, to surround this community, to be able to go in even to the government of this area and say, we want to come alongside and provide, to work up, to, to minister to a community. Friend, there's so many avenues we need to fight for our future. And that, what, that's exactly what God is providing today. I, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for a moment. The worship team has a song that is very dear to my heart. And I'm sure to yours as well. It's one I gave you the words to a few weeks back. But listen to what they have to say. I invite you to sing along to worship along. Because in just a minute, I'm going to come back to you, and I want, I want to sh- I, There's something I still need to do, and I will do it. But let's just worship Him together with this song this morning, shall we?